All right, welcome to episode number 27 of The Rink Shrinks. On today's episode, we have Carolina Hurricane Vinny Trocek. Before we get to Vinny, this episode is brought to you by The Sixth Line. Come join us next Monday through Wednesday at the Canton Ice House. March, you ready? Let's go. All right, here we go. Episode 27 of The Rink Shrinks. Mots, what's happening? Ah, hanging in there. A little... Uh heater today with the humidity not so much the heat but the humidity you know, yeah we we cannot complain about seeing sunlight in in massachusetts right now no it, uh, yeah and let me stop you in your tracks right right there <laughs> yeah ended up being a great day but i um yeah got out on the uh the golf course and uh i think i figured something out it's about time you've been struggling <laughs> i know yeah so i think it's all in the takeaway i need to have a little more clearance coming through so We'll see. Uh, ne- next time we talk, it could be something completely different. But yeah, it sounds to me like you might need a golf shrink because you're thinking way too much. I, I I just don't have that those issues on the golf course. Not that I'm saying I'm better than you. But yeah, I definitely. I, you just can't think about it. Yeah, for as much as I've been playing, I need to be better, in my <laughs> opinion. But uh, yeah, you, yeah, you do. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, well, and we got something coming up here today, and. Uh, a lot at stake and uh, playing with my buddy and my boss, Andy Erickson. So looking forward to that. And Where, uh, where's that one taking place? Uh, old sandwich. Oh, geez. Yeah. Must be nice. So we're, uh, we're going to be competing. You know, like he said, we're just going to be athletes, get out there and, and just compete. Well, as you always say to me, one shot at a time, it's a, <laughs> it's a, every shot is a small game. That's right. Right. That's yeah. that. That's your thing. That's your script. Yeah, that is my script. And just that's dial. your script. <laughs> dial it in, one shot at a time. Forget about the last one. Yeah, I, I have to do that a lot because there's a lot of you know not so great shots that I have to delete from the memory bank. I have to be like a goalie. You know? Yeah, exactly. Mental warfare going on up there. We never thought we'd see that idea. <laughs> I uh, I played in a little uh, member guest last weekend. It was a great time down at Plymouth Country Club. Uh, they do an excellent job down there, Mikey Roy and his staff. And uh, it's called the Travis. Really good time. Some hockey guys. We uh, we uh, high compete level. We yeah. were in all of our matches, but we uh, we didn't take the uh, the champion of our flight. We actually had a great match against uh, Paul Mara, who he agreed to come on the show. Obviously, longtime NHL veteran, great dude. He pounds the ball. Yeah, you he's play a great. With him before? I've never played golf with him. We we're roommates in uh, World Juniors way back in the day. I played against him in high school, and and then he went the major junior route, uh, and then I played against him a bunch in uh, the NHL. But yeah, super guy. Does a great job with the women's game coaching the Boston Pride and uh would love to have him on and have him uh you know talk about his experiences as a player and then now as a coach that'll be he'd be a great one the first tee box I tried to tee him up I'm like how does it feel to be on every highlight film in the world when Ovechkin scores that crazy behind the like <laughs> when he's falling down behind the back thing but it didn't seem to phase him it didn't rattle him no didn't get in his kitchen at all yeah. unfortunately but like I said, great time. We uh, we had a good time. We we had you know really competitive matches. We won some. We were kind of middle of the road, but good crew, good good crew of guys. Obviously, the uh, the weather played a factor. Last Friday was a complete nightmare. Absolute just rain out, which uh, which killed things. But overall, it was uh, it was a fun event. And, yeah, you uh, could play through that. You're a mutter. 
Yamada was a Mata. <laughs> Yamada was a Mata. Yeah, you know, Rangia guy just being like, this is great. You know, yeah. Like, hey, let's, let's go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, what else has been going on? Anything good? Uh, Rye guy. Uh, my son turned 16 today and um, wow. you know, got his permit and he's all fired up to uh, get behind the wheel and, you know, just, he's going to be haunting our houses to drive everywhere. So, uh, but yeah, I know it's an exciting time for him. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I remember when I turned 16 and it's, it's just. So he was, with, he was a guy's 16th birthday. He's right to the, uh, the oh, he's that guy. Yeah. RMV to get the, the permit. For sure. Yeah. He'll be getting his license right on the half, you know, like 16 and a half. Yeah. He's, hey. uh, he's into it. And yeah, he, he drives a lot of boats for his work and he does a good job with that. So hopefully it translates to the, uh, to the roadways. Yeah, that's good. A lot of responsibility. Good for him. I wish we uh, we did. I did. Keith ever tell you the story about him and his license? No. So he he didn't even have a license when he went to like major junior, and his excuse was always, "Yeah, why would I get a license if I can't afford a car?" Mm. So that was his kind of script. Like, you know, why would I? You know, why would I try to? You know, be borrow mom and dad's car? I'm like, dude. Like, yeah, makes sense. Who do you think, mom and dad are going to buy you a car? So are you going to be the guy that that, that buys Rye Guy a car? No, you know, he's saving up. He, that's why he's working so much. But, um, you know, there could be a chance that I chip in. But he uh, he has quite a bit saved up, and he's lo- been looking. So yeah, we'll see if the sponsors take over. Maybe we can get him something. Yeah, that would be uh, ideal. But, uh, yeah, I know <laughs> a good day today for him and uh, pretty pretty pumped for him. Yeah, happy birthday, Rye. We, uh, we love you, buddy. Great dude, obviously. Mots, I want to talk to you about the uh if you're on a group text message and somebody doesn't have an iPhone, is there anything worse in the world? Yeah, where it comes through separate. It, it, so you get an extra extra uh you know, they're not getting all the information and then they're asking stupid questions. And then when they reply, it goes to a separate text. Yeah. Like I, it's it's absolutely maddening to me. I, I just don't understand it. Like either whatever the, the some email send an email do whatever but yeah the, the, I've been I'm caught in the middle of the baseball the summer baseball teams and and usually for my hockey teams we we do one of those special type of apps or email yeah. chains or whatever but the the whole just I look down on my phone and I have 462 text messages and people liking stuff and there's all these different things it's just absolute madness to me yeah i lived that with uh my daughter's uh hockey team where it was the coach was saying uh practice at you know so and such time and um who's in no it's like instead of instead of like yeah just i text only yeah so and that was the similar situation where it wasn't always iphone so there was i mean all these random numbers coming through where it was like you know maddie can make it um, you know, <laughs> Joni's away. I'm like, oh my god! Either you can make it or you can't. I yeah, just don't understand it. Or, or and, and, and just text me on the side. Yeah, or, I, I just, I just, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm losing it. I'm losing my mind. Well, the expectation is that you're going, and you, you just say when you can't go. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, exactly. Not getting yeah. a head count for practice. Right. No, it, it's so frustrating. It's it's very 
I don't know. I, I, I can't even talk about it because I'll probably get a text about it right now. Uh, <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's, it's so frustrating. I've just had so many, so many text messages. I just can't understand it. I, I, it sounds like you need a, a baseball shrink. I do. That's, that's part of it. And, and, and part of my baseball shrink is, and I'm going to walk you guys down this. And this is something that I think all hockey parents can kind of relate to. So, I was watching my my one of my kids play the other night, and he struck out three good hacks. You're up there swinging. I'm like, hey, why don't you try a light of bat? What size bat do you have? Oh, I get a size 26. Okay. You know what? You might be able to whip that one around a little bit quicker when the bat that you're swinging is clearly bigger because it's not yours. I know what size, of bat, size bat you have. Strike out, strike out. You know, no big deal. So I, I, I said to him after the game, I said, uh, so why were you not using your bat? The the bat looked a little little too big for you. You know what I mean? You're playing it. You're in the sectionals now. You, you know, the pitches, everybody can throw faster, this, that, and the other thing. And he's like, oh, well, I like, I like my friend's bat better. I'm like, dude, it's not about whose bat you like better. It's, it's about getting your bat around. Get mm. get that bat around quicker. You know what I mean? Like, hit it on the square of the bat, and everything will be fine. So I, I was a little frustrated. I almost walked off, over to the bench when I saw the bat in his hand, and mm. so my wife, my wife quickly, Joanna quickly reminded me. She's like, you're the, you're the rink shrink. You cannot <laughs> – <laughs> be the so, guy that walks over to the bench right now so hand signals didn't work no there was there was nothing it was just there was i wanted to do the 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 old hat like wave in the air very aggressively <laughs> unfortunately the kid's just you know he beats mm-hmm. to his own drum and he's not going to listen to me anyway so yeah it was it was very very frustrating yeah i mean that's a uh I mean, but, and then I said, took a breath, not to cut you off. No, I did. And I didn't after the game. And we had a, a conversation in the car very calmly. I, I might have been yelling a little bit, but I said, what bat, what size bat does your brother, your older brother use? And he said, and, and he knew he goes to 28. I said, well, he's two years older than you. What size bat are you using? He said, 28. I said, well. Why do you think that your brother that's two years older than you is using that size bat? Because he gets his hands around quicker and he can actually hit the ball when a, when a pitcher throws it fast to him. Why would you think that it's okay to use a bat that's more or less two sizes too big for you and you're, you're striking out? Like you're taking good hacks. You know what I mean? I give you a lot of credit. Like you're up there swinging. You're, you're close. It was, you know, if you made contact, it would have been a good, a, a good hit. But you weren't. You know what I mean? Like, you dumb things down here. Go with the smaller bat. Yeah, it's like like with hockey, like having a, a certain flex or a junior stick when you still can't flex a regular stick, and you know, kind of making that switch. But I, yeah, good job holding back enough. I, I'm sure that cat ride wasn't as calm as what you just said, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you guys talk to my wife about that one. Yeah. What about um? coaches wearing their hats backwards <clears throat> oh my god is there anything worse ah is there i like, mean there's probably some things worse out there there's but definitely I, some things worse but i just think it's such a donkey look 
Yeah. Like if you're like an adult, you're a grown man, and you're like I and I respect like the backwards hat game. Like I it, like you know gives you kind of a cool cool guy look and things like that. But if you're on a bench, like, and you want some respect, like, you think Jack Parker would ever be on the bench with a backwards hat on? No, no, no. Like, yeah, I, if you want any respect as a coach, and I saw this at a at a summer league game not too long ago, and I'm like, dude, you look like a boob, like, legitimately. <laughs> so this is, you're talking hockey coaches. What about? And I'm, what, I'm talking. I'm talking everything coaches. Yeah. Well. um, it was a, a, a guy, Mo Maloney, who was a baseball coach at Boston College for years. And no matter where we were on campus, if he saw us with our hat back, backwards, he'd come over and slap it off like you go out of his way. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just one thing. I mean, backwards hat, like he said, it, the backwards hat game is, you know, it's it's there for, for some and, you know, it can work. But, um, yeah. It's I, a sign I, of respect I, a little bit too. Like the, the, the hat game, like – I mean, I'm wearing one in my house right now, but I'll never forget the first time. The first time I had dinner at my wife's house, we were, you know, dating at the time, still in high school. And my parents were always sticklers, like, you don't wear a hat in the house, sign of respect, yada, 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 old school type stuff. I'm sure your parents are the same way. And uh, And shoes off at the door. Absolutely. And, uh, I walked in and I, I I was so nervous. I sat down at, at um, my you know future in laws' house with my hat on and my father in law, who's a stern guy, serious guy, but like an unbelievable guy, Boston Fire Chief, like you know just. But he's a respect guy, you know what I mean? Just yeah. a, an absolute respect guy. And he he just gave me a look and he's like, "Hey Brian, am I taking that hat off?" And I was like. Like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> and because I knew my my like my own mother and father would have said the same thing, but it was just I was so nervous, I was so scared. It was a rattling experience. Like now I walk in that house, even literally twenty years later, and my hat is like I throw it on the ground. <laughs> That's great respect, though. Yeah, it's little things that go a long way. I, I wouldn't eat with my hat on ever, you know, uh, even outside, you know, it was just one of those things that you learn from a young age. And I try to have that, uh, instilled in my kids, especially my son. And, you know, I don't think he does it when he's not here, but I always, I always would take my hat off and people be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know if my dad's around the corner or not. And he might come over and slap it off. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's so, what I, that's that that was like my biggest fear too. I'm like I think I'm like if my father knew I had my hat on at your dining room table, he would literally probably punch me right in the face. You know what I mean? Like it was super super embarrassing moment, but a lot of nerves involved. It, but you know what? It all it all worked out. Uh, speaking of absolute clown shows, you know what? It, we're in the we're in the off season right now, and I'm a firm believer in you know people working out, people doing from the NHL level all the way down to the, you know, if you're a little kid type of thing. And I know there's a lot of marketing and things like that that are involved, but, um, you know, maybe if you're Torch Pro and you're, 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 you know, filming some behind the scenes type of thing, but people like filming their kids' workouts or themselves working out, I just, I don't have it. Like, I just don't have time for it. What you? Did you ever film any of your workouts? Uh, no, but I have seen a lot of them being posted, and I don't know, you know, what the, you know, 
messages behind it. Sometimes they're on fast forward. Um, you know, like they they show the whole yeah, workout. Like they're doing it super fast. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I it's just people like to kind of. What do you, what do you, what you like? You think it's kind of just donkeyism at it, at its <laughs> finest? Um, yeah, I, I would say. I mean, I would. I I'm pretty sure Courtney's done it a couple of times, so I could I could say that you know she she fell into that trap or or, or, or something. <laughs> so I can. <laughs> And uh, I all right, so maybe I should change the topic because no, no, out. not at all. That's okay. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, there's people like to kind of get out, uh, let people know what they're doing, and if they're working out, that's part of it. But I don't, I don't really see the need for it, to be honest with you. I just think like if you're an NHL hockey player, is more what I was talking about, and like you're working out at this point in time of year, and you're videoing it. Oh, like a PK Subban. You said it, I didn't. Um, but like that's how, like, I, I thought you meant like the civilian, like no, you know. not civilians. Like like if you're a civilian, yeah, I get it. You're oh. you're out there being active, but I'm talking about like the NHL player or whatever. Like, dude, that's your job. Oh, to like increase their profile, whatever it is. Like, yeah, to, like that. I see. We, I, I, I kind of missed. I missed it. I I was thinking of like Courtney. I'm like, she kind of has done that, you know. So yeah, no, you kind of you were trying to cover for your for I, your I lady. Trying, yeah, yeah, you were kind of making fun of her too. But well, oh, a little bit. I mean, I still <laughs> feel the same way. But uh, oh, for for players, um, yeah, that's why I asked you. Like, did you uh-oh. did you ever do that? I, I mean, no. I know probably video cameras weren't even around at that point. <laughs> it's a completely different time. Now it's like the world is document, don't create, right? Like just live your life with a camera focused on you and post it to Instagram. Like get with the program. And while you're at it, wear a backwards hat because nobody's judging you for it. All right. The world has changed, fellas. Yeah, I guess. You know, that's. I don't know, Dave. Listen, people don't even people don't even ask uh, that by Minahan. Nobody people, people don't even ask. Let's the, see what he yells at you about tomorrow. People don't ask the father for the hand in marriage anymore, fellas. Like it's over. The game has changed. Like oh, we're you guys gonna get with the times. We are old school. I have three daughters. If they don't come knocking, then they're not getting her. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> don't wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so to go back to your point, Mots. Yeah, so I, I never videoed, I, obviously, I it's, different it's times. your job. Like, that, that huh. we're not walking, like, videotaping you walking to the office every day to, to, to do your job, and nobody's walking into the office to, to video me doing my job. Like, it's the off-season. Your job is to get ready for next season. And, you know, I get it. I get it from a social media perspective a little bit, but not every day. It, it, it seems to be overkill a bit. Um, yeah, you know, Dave has a, a, a good point because he's, you know, kind of current with, you know, everything that's going on, but I, I do, I feel the same way. I'm like, Hey, why don't you just work hard and, and, you know, just work hard and get some gains and do your thing. Um, I don't need to see it, you know, doing five pull-ups with a, a chain around your neck. Um, <laughs> Whatever. I mean, some people love love it. You know, the fans must. Yeah, but think about like think about yourself in their position too. They have agents or whoever saying you got to do more on social media to market yourself to potentially get this type of deal. These guys don't know how to just create like 
off the cuff content. They're just kind of like, all right, we'll just do it. Like film me doing whatever I do today. You know what I mean? Like that's their brain. Let's see what our boy Jersey Shaw thinks. Oh boy. What do you think about that? Jersey, Jersey, Jersey Shaw. Hold on. Stand by one second. Jersey Shaw is our new Swiss army knife. He's the new jack of all trades for the rank shrinks. Uh, uh, Our newest intern, you know, we, we have some, uh, other fine interns, but Jersey Shore is kind of a, a new guy that can relate to some of the stuff that might drive us crazy. I know Jersey Shore was definitely all about working out with his shirt off and doing <laughs> some of the power work, walking and things like that around. He's definitely a sleeves cut off guy. Uh, Jersey, what do you what what are your takes on this? <clears throat> uh, first, so, were you I, even listening? You probably weren't. I was listening. All right, well, thank let's you see. very much, Coach. Uh, I think PK Subban can come up with his own content pretty easily. Um, but we're not yeah. talking about PK Subban, are we? Well, we I, just were. I, we just I were. brought him up. I we just him. were about like, all right, you know. And Cullinane just said about you know agents saying like, hey, you got to have a bigger uh, presence on social media. I think that's totally true. Um, especially especially in the hockey world, right? These guys don't get as much marketability as other professional athletes do. So any way that they can get out there and in one way or another um, showing what they're doing during their off season, during their off time, I think is big for them. But I, with the workout videos, Mots, I'm totally with you. I don't, I don't care if you can do a hundred burpees and then do a hundred pull-ups after like, I don't want to feel that bad about myself. (laughs) Like I want, I want to just like go to the rink, play men's league for an hour, get a workout in, get a sweat in and go home and go to bed. Like that's all I really need for a workout. Maybe, maybe a little men's softball, a little golf, but a couple of that's for Liz after. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a couple of adult bevs, but that's about it. Yeah. But I, I, I'm totally with Matzo on this. Like, I don't, I don't need to see the, uh, I don't need, there goes my dog. Like Jesus, like Joe like, like, last a week. Tough debut. He was doing well too. He, he was, was doing well. It, and then your dog stopped barking. <laughs> and then he, he got, even knows you're lying. He's, he's got to get muted. <laughs> he knows you're lying. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Jersey Shore. I love it. Uh, can you believe it? The guy made his debut and just... I, I think you guys are absurd. I, I love that stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't care what it is. I think people enjoy seeing professional athletes in any in any form. I know maybe it feels geeky or whatever, but it's good content at the end of the day. No, I you know agree. what? We can agree to disagree. Yeah. There you go. And you, you know what? You might have swayed me a little bit because I do... What do, you, what do you think more people saw? What do you think more people saw? A, a nasty Kucherov goal or him, you know, chugging a beer after the game the other night? You know what I mean? And I know it's like it's not the same comparable to working out or anything like that, but that's organic, natural content that just goes viral, you know? So it's... I don't know. I, I'm into it either way. Now you would be with the shirt off. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, of course you did. Uh, Mots, what else we got? Anything good? Uh, we got Keith Yandel, uh, some breaking news. Had uh, talks of a being bought guest. out. Yep, former guest on the mailbag, um, being bought out by the Florida Panthers, which will allow him to become a free agent, which is pretty exciting. 
you know, and unfortunately, you know, they have other plans and they're moving on. So there's pl- plenty left in that tank, and uh, a team is going to pick up a good player. Um, and like we talked about earlier, you know, sometimes the, the player is making X, and then you know we'll we'll go to a contender at a discount. So um, and and you know, be salary cap friendly for that team. So there's there's going to be a lot of options for Keith and. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, any any inside info from uh, BY? No, nothing, nothing on my end. I uh, obviously it, it's that time of year, right? You see Zach Parisi, a good friend of yours, Ryan Suter. Um, there's a bunch of great players that are going to be available at discounted rates, and I think a lot of it has to do with the, you know, the new expansion team that's being forward and uh, being formed, and the you know the Seattle Kraken, and so. I think anything can happen. So it's exciting times. Uh, obviously, I think with uh, with Keith, he loved it in Florida. It was a great time. And uh, we were fortunate enough to interview our good friend, Vinny Trocek, who uh, KY and him had a had a great time together. And, and I think we uh, it's time for, for us to, to go to that interview. I know Mott's you enjoyed your time playing with Vinny. You want to talk about that at all? And I, I mean, I've got to know him. Um, Vinny and his family, his his you know his father, Big Vince. They've obviously uh, had a great you know. Vin Vin's had a, a a great career. He's a great young player. He still has um, you know fantastic upside. He still you know was an NHL All Star already, and you know it was a blast. And I thought I think what people um, are going to be most interested in in this interview is a lot of what we talked to Vinny about was you know kind of does go against you know the 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 message that we preach right he left home at 12 years old he went to you know little Caesars, moved to michigan played you know left from uh pittsburgh went to detroit played you know moved away his family they were commuting and things like that and you know there was a lot of pressure on Vinny, but i think he you know ultimately he's been one of those success stories like he's he's had a great career and 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 things like that but um, we had a tremendous chat with him, Mots. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think anyone has to listen to the interview now. I think you just you just recapped it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it, guys. Yeah, just shut off the show. Yeah, uh, Vinny, awesome guy. I played with him my last year, his rookie year down in San Antonio. I was there for the last little bit, and super super guy, good person, great player, and exciting player to watch. He creates, and um, he's just a, one of those guys that you can root for. So. Hope you yeah. enjoyed the interview. You, you can still enjoy the interview because there's a lot. There's a lot of stories about Mots. There's a lot of stories about those guys playing together, and you know, there, there's a lot more than what I just said, it, right? Oh, absolutely. And I hope you enjoy the interview with Vincent Trocheck. It's brought to you by Franklin Sports. We're always talking about how important it is to play multiple sports growing up, and not getting burned out by too much hockey and keeping it fun. It's also so important to develop skills like hand-eye coordination from baseball or lacrosse, footwork, and soft hands from flag football or soccer. Our partner, Franklin Sports, can act as the one-stop shop for all the equipment you need to play these other sports. In addition to street hockey equipment, they're offering all our listeners 20% off their entire website of sports equipment at franklinsports.com. Enter the coupon code RINKSHRINKS for 20% off site-wide through the end of 2021 street hockey equipment soccer balls nets footballs batting gloves baseball equipment pickleball cornhole volleyball and more 
When the ice melts, we keep playing. Mots, did you see uh, any of the home run derby at all? I did. I did. Unbelievable. How many guys, too, when you think about it, were wearing Franklin batting gloves? The majority. Yeah, which is awesome. So make sure you guys log on to uh, franklinsports.com and uh, capitalize on that Rink Shrinks 20% off site-wide. Also, uh, Elias Pedersen was sniping on the, uh, the the Franklin net, and we put it up on uh, Instagram there. It was pretty cool. There you so, go. The guy's a stallion. Right, unbelievable. All right, guys, let's go over to Vinny. All right, and our next guest on the Rink Strings podcast, he's a veteran of 474 NHL games with the Florida Panthers and Carolina Hurricanes, a former NHL All-Star and probably going to be one again in the near future. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Vinny Trocheck. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Doing great. Thanks for joining us, buddy. No problem. How's the offseason going so far? So far, so good. Can't complain. Uh, a little bit of time off. Back home in Pittsburgh. Uh, just got back into the gym, started training again. So it's been good. Nice. So how, how often are you uh, on the ice, in the gym? How's, how's that work out for the uh, – for our common folk listener that doesn't really know the day-to-day of the off-season of a NHL player like yourself. I'm usually in the gym. We go four days a week. We go Monday, Tuesday, take Wednesday off. Thursday, Friday, take the weekend off uh, in the gym. And then on, on the ice, usually around three day, three days a week I'm at this point in the summer. Um, I've taken quite a bit of time off after the season from the ice. Um, sprained my MCL, so been taking some time off to let that heal. But um, just got back on the ice today and We'll start going two, three times a week for a little while and then ramp it up end of July probably. Now you have a good group in Pittsburgh there to skate with? Yeah, we've got a few guys. Not too bad. JT Miller, Brandon Sod, um, Matt Bartkowski, Michael Hauser. We got a few guys. We got some we've got a good group. Nice. So for our listeners, uh Vinny and I played together. I think that was your rookie year, wasn't it? When you came out uh, and yeah. played in San Antonio, um, Florida's farm team, my locker mate, great guy. When my son came down, you know, it was like my last weekend uh, knowing I wasn't going to play anymore, and he took care of him nice. Uh, you, uh, you're you're kind to, to Rye guy, and uh, he always remembers that. I told him that we were having you on. He was all pumped. He wanted, he wanted me to say hello to you. Oh, he was the best. He was running around the locker room. Butt naked back then. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, but, but bear pickle going in the showers with the boys. I loved it. He was like six years bear old. Pickle. He always wanted to go bear pickle in the cold tub. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. Mox just welcome to the team right away. Like, let's go. Gear down, boys. <laughs> so, yeah, it was great. Great. Uh, introduction to to pro hockey for for him but um i always uh enjoyed watching you and your career uh vinnie you know you soon after we're playing with uh bry's brother keith in florida doing a great job uh becoming an all-star and uh and now you found a home in carolina so we're happy for your progress and your continued success here oh thank you guys so Vinny, if you want to uh let's you know we like to start out you know walk us through your path like when did you start skating when did you fall in love with the game and uh and and we can kind of tee you up with some questions along the way so i started skating when i was two or three years old um got into like hockey competitively probably around five or six and then um I mean, I played other sports growing up, so I was it was just like kind of 
one of the things in the shuffle that I was going from sport to sport, played baseball, played lacrosse. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Baseball, lacrosse, and hockey for for a little while. Baseball was was one of my favorites. I mean, might have even been my favorite until probably around 13 years old. Um, played around here in Pittsburgh growing up until I was around 12 years old. When I was 12, I moved to Detroit, started playing hockey for um, – triple a team in detroit called uh little caesars played there for four years and then got drafted to the ohl from there did uh did the college road ever kind of cross your path or were you kind of leaning towards the ohl ever since you're kind of coming through and kind of seeing what the next steps may be honestly i had no idea what the ohl even was until like a month before i realized that there was a draft for the ohl like the whole plan growing up was always to go to college and uh, go that route. And um, I'm not even really sure what happened. It was just like, it, it all happened so quickly. It's so tough for a kid that age to make a decision, whether he wants to go to pro or to major junior or, or college hockey at 15 years old. But um, there was a team in the OHL Saginaw. that was extremely close to where my family was living in Detroit. And, I went and visited them and a couple other teams that were all in the United States uh, to see if I had any interest in it. And, and I went to a game in Saginaw and it was like sold out crowd, double overtime game that they won. And uh, it just looked so exciting. And that kind of sold me on it. Vinny, you talked about like moving. So you, so you grew up in Pittsburgh, obviously played your youth hockey there, played in the Pee Wee Quebec tournament with, um, you know, a team out of Pittsburgh. And then, um, did your entire family up and move to, to Michigan to play for Little Caesars, or was that just you going with the Billet family? So at first, it was um, when I was 12. So it was Pee Wee or I think. Yeah, probably right then. Yeah, yeah. Pee Wee. So um, that first year that I was there, we were actually driving back and forth from Pittsburgh, Michigan. My dad was driving back and forth three times a week. And then on the weekends, there was a family that, um, Mike Illich's daughter had a son on the same team as me. They'd let me stay with them on the weekends when we'd have games and stuff. If my dad couldn't be there, if he had to work or something. Uh, and that went on for the first year. Second year, I moved up and lived with them for for that year. And then the third year, my family ended up coming up. They moved up into uh, Birmingham, Michigan. Um, the whole family, mom, dad, and sisters all came. And then they were only there for a year. And I got drafted to Saginaw, and then they moved back. Wow, There's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now, was there uh, an option in Pittsburgh locally that, you know, kind of could have given you, looking back now, could have given you, you know, a similar platform uh, with competition and quality of players to play with? Or was that the move, to, you know, to, to go to Little Caesars? I know Little Caesars has a great program, so – just as far as something locally, was there anything available? Mott's is a big fan of the pizza too. Oh, yeah, pizza, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, Pittsburgh had we had one team really. It was the Hornets, and and looking back, I think. I mean, if you're good enough, you're gonna get noticed no matter where you are. And I, I think that I could have stayed here and probably done the same things. There was obviously guys from this area that that ended up playing the NHL that I was playing with prior to leaving. JT Miller. Um, Johnny Gibson were both, we were all on the same team at that time. Um, so I definitely had a, a quality uh, 
echelon of players to play with here. And, you know, it's just, you just, like I said, there's so many different decisions when you're that young and who knows what, what to do and what's the right thing. And, um, my family ended up making that decision and luckily it panned out, but I think looking back, we probably could have stayed here and, and had similar results. Was there any like specific coaches growing up when you were a kid that you, you know, really, you, you know, kind of remember even in your youth hockey experience, that's it, like made you really fall in love with the game or really, you know, you, you thought of as a, as a great teacher, a motivator or somebody like that, that you kind of always look back upon and kind of thank in your memories. Um, yeah. I mean, there's quite a few. I, starting out here in Pittsburgh, uh, Don Barber and, and my dad were my coaches for the Hornets. Don Barber played in the NHL for, for quite a few, few years, um, played for the North Stars back in the day. Uh, and he his love for the game, his son was also on my team, but his love for the game was something that kind of made me love it and his, his, um, his desire and, and his work ethic and just how hard he wanted us to play, that kind of got me into the game at a young age. Um, it kind of took my my game to another level. Um, There's quite a few, really. I mean, I mean, my dad was always the guy that I looked up to, and even though he wasn't uh, a former hockey player, he was always the kind of kind of the guiding the guiding force for me to tell me what to do and how to be and how to act and how hard I needed to work, and that's kind of what pushed me from a young age. I know my father loves having uh, conversations. They've been able to become pretty close and, and, you know, they seem to keep in touch even now with you and uh, Keith playing on different teams, but they always uh, enjoyed those trips down to FLA when they were able to uh, hang out and have a few cocktails in the stands. That's for sure. Yeah. I think that's what it was, the cocktails in the stands. They enjoyed those. <laughs> <laughs> so Vinny, as, as a player growing up, um, you know, as as far as size, you're not extremely big, but you can you can think the game. You have a great skill set. Was that always the case, where you had to kind of be a step ahead and process the game a little quicker and and be able to use your skill set effectively, um, or did you kind of grow and then you know kind of like top out early? Because uh, like we talk to, you know, and we deal with a lot of kids who are in a growth spurt right now and trying to like navigate that that process and, and trying to kind of put it all together. And what was your kind of experience like in that developmental time? So I was kind of, I kind of grew early and I was, wouldn't say bigger than everybody else, but I was one of the bigger kids at a younger, younger age around 10, 11, 12, uh, right when we started hitting. So I was, I was able to kind of have an upper hand on, on guys at, at a physical, from a physical standpoint earlier on. Uh, and that kind of teetered out and I guys caught up and, and moved past me. And then I started to be one of the smaller guys around 15, 16. And I also played when I was 15, I played U uh, 18. So I was one of the younger guys, smaller, um, and just kind of had to use my skill and my speed to make up for the lack of size. Yeah. Because I mean, you look at the game now and, um, you know, you're not timid by any means, you know, in, in the confrontational areas, but you, you hold your own, you have good center of balance and you're a, a puck protect guy when it comes down to it. So I was just curious as to how it kind of evolved for you because we try to teach, you know, all those skill sets, but it's different for everyone. Yeah. It's so tough to say, like when, whenever kids are so young, you can't say, 
oh, you're a bigger kid and, and you're going to have the size advantage because you really never know. So you kind of have to learn all aspects of the game because who knows if you're going to be – I mean, you could be one of the smaller kids now, hit a growth spurt late, be one of the taller guys later, or vice versa. So you kind of have to work on everything. The physical part of the game is obviously big in, in the NHL today, um, but you really – you're not getting anywhere without uh, the, the speed, the, the talent, skill – uh, and the work ethic. So you really have to work on all aspects of it. Vinny, I wanted to ask you about the, you know, you made the uh, decision obviously to move away and go to Michigan, play for little Caesars. You said you were playing with the U18 stuff, but that national development program, did that, uh, was that something that was on your radar and you just chose not to do where you were just comfortable playing for, for little Caesars? Yeah. So I went to the national development camp, the 40 camp and all that. Um, and it was kind of like right around then was when I had to make a decision on whether I wanted to play major junior or go to college right whenever they, they offered me um, to play for that team. And it was tough, but that's whenever I made the decision to play major junior and, and not go to the national uh, development program, which, I mean, like I said, there's so many different paths you can go and who knows what the right one is, but um, not, nothing against the national development team. I think that the guys that go there, they develop, they develop the kids very well and, um, they do a great job off ice training and stuff like that. But for whatever reason, I just made the decision to go to major junior. I see. Yeah. I wasn't sure what the, the exact time frame was and if you would have had to make a decision sooner rather than later, how old were you at that point in time when you, when you actually made the decision to go up to Saginaw? Uh, I would 14 turning 15 or 15 turning 16. I was 16 yeah. my first year in, in, uh, in Saginaw. Yeah, we talked about that last last week about the OH or major junior draft in particular, and it's very it's very difficult. You already said it. It's very difficult for a kid that age to make those decisions on what they want to do and what path they want to take. But that's just the way it is, uh, unfortunately, um, for for the kids and the parents that have to make those decisions at an early age. But I would love to see. You know, if you went to Saginaw and played up until you're eligible to go to college, and and then still be able to go to college that'd be ideal situation um but yeah. I, I don't think the ncaa and major junior will come to an agreement on that i don't think i don't think that's <laughs> ever going to happen yeah but you, uh, you know yeah, you, i know that would be ideal though yeah so yeah yeah you, you have to make that decision and it's very difficult but um you know worked out for you and and that's um and that's the hope for some of these kids who have to make those decisions now. I know a few kids that just got drafted to the queue because of the regional um, New England here, uh, and they go to the queue. And we talked to Keith yeah. the other other day about it. And um, yeah, so it's just another avenue, another opportunity. But you know, Brian and I both chose the other way, so it's it's always good to hear different points of view. I didn't have the options like you guys, that's for sure. <laughs> My decision was a lot easier. <laughs> Well, if you ask your dad, I don't think he would say Keith didn't have the option to go college. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> so as far as moving on to uh, pro, uh, well, you got drafted by uh, Florida in the third round. And, you know, just as you know, your first exposure to pro hockey uh, going into to a camp and um, you know, end up getting sent down to to San Antonio. But can you talk to us about that transition and and how you how you kind of adjusted to it? Yeah, so I just remember my first. I went. Obviously, you go to a couple camps when you're a major junior. You're allowed to go to those training camps prior to actually going pro. So I, I had been to a couple. 
I remember my first few just going and seeing how big these guys were and how scary they looked and uh, being very intimidated. And then um, the first year that I actually played professional, um, went to camp, played six of the seven preseason games, got my got bagged and um, was all confident, thought I had a chance. And, and then obviously, young kid, it, I get sent down to San Antonio and um, – I just remember kind of being pissed off and thinking that I deserved to be there and all that, having that little bit of cockiness. And and um, I just kind of made it a point to try to prove that for some reason it was, it was the guys that were going pro the same year as I was that were my draft. I wanted to prove that I was better than them and I was, I was going to make it. I was going to be the first call up or whatever, whatever it was. So I went down to, to San Antonio and I was lucky enough that we had a really good team down there. Um, and a lot of guys around me that, that helped me to, to be a better player. And luckily I was able to get a call up towards the end of my first year. Yeah. You played 20 games that year, I believe, but I remember, I remember watching you kind of even evolve in that year. I was, I was with you early on and then later in the season and, um, you know, that from the beginning to when I played with you at the end was just night and day with, you know, the the confidence and being able to execute and just realizing that you were, you know, the guy even then, you know, you could see early on glimpses of it, but then, you know, just having the puck on your stick, being able to create. And I remember talking to uh, Ryan Whitney about you a bunch and, and he's like, dude, this kid's a player. This kid's a player. This trooch is a player. <laughs> I'm like, I know I can see with my own eyes, but <laughs> having that, having that crew down there in San Antonio, they, they must've at least taught you how to play guilty. Oh yeah. We had a great crew. I love that team. That was, I had a ton of fun. My first year, Joey Crab, Mott's wit, Michael Hauser, who was just kind of the guy that we all made fun of. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, we had a good group. Bobby Butler was on that team. Um, Jed Jed Ortmeyer, I'm looking at the, that's a that's a Jed Ortmeyer. That was a blast. Yeah. He's a Michigan guy, right, Mots? Your yeah, he your was your Michigan. age? Yeah, just a little younger. And then uh, we had uh, Petro, uh, Gilroy. Yeah, we Mots, a lot, lot, best lot, of, friend. A lot, lot of good dudes. <laughs> uh, Petro, Petro, <laughs> howdy. Yeah, so uh yeah there was a little support group remember the support group Troach? The support group um you know it kind of went you know we would go to dinner and um if a guy you know got called didn't get called up or got sent down to the coast or it was just you know it's just a support group you know we could we could chat yep. it out over a couple uh so it was when you got your first experience being a rink shrink mott, mott? <laughs> yeah that was tryouts <laughs> yeah so yeah. we yeah, you we knew your next career path. You knew the ring shrinks are going to make it big. Yeah, we formed the the support group. I think it was uh, because Hauser had to go down to like Cincy or something, and yeah. uh, we weren't real happy about it. We were trying to keep his spirits up, and then um, you know it just kind of stuck with it. Uh, you know, it was just an excuse to get together and and tell some lies. But I remember one time it was uh, I I don't. Yeah, Troach, I think you were there. Um, I took the boys out, and, you know, we kind of had a sleepover. We had a little bit of a night, you know. <laughs> and uh, 
I was like, I just want you to teach you guys how to be pros. Yeah. You know? And, um, <laughs> you know, the night got away from us a little bit. And the next day, uh, I go, I don't care. You just keep your mouth shut, make the passes on the tape. Doesn't matter how fast you're going. Um, and you know, you just don't want to be noticed almost right. Be a pro. And, uh, <clears throat> The coach comes up to me. He's like, Mots, what did you do to these guys? They're like, everyone was awful. Like, Hauser couldn't stop a beach ball. You know, his crease smelled like a brewery. And I'm like, ah, you know, that was a fail on my end. So. <laughs> oh, that's That awesome. was like the time we played uh, whiff- wiffle ball in the parking lot at the AT&T. Oh, yeah. Another one. Tom wasn't yes. too happy about that. Yeah, stick ball in the parking lot. Let's go mandatory. And we kind of got uh, got in. Mott's got in a little trouble for that, too, for for leading the guys down the yeah, wrong Mott's path. I, yeah, I, t- I took the. Uh, That's the how Mott's is getting called up so we could get a, get you guys away from him. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got to get this guy back up to Florida. He's just a bad influence on these guys. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, uh, court, uh, and the, the kids weren't around, so I had plenty of time to hang with the guys, so it was good. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that was good time. Um, Vinny, you were a, a 2013 uh, World Junior Champion. Do you want to talk about that experience? That must have been pretty pretty amazing, uh, representing your country and obviously, you know, being a major junior guy and, and you know, now kind of reuniting with the guys that were all your your age growing up. That must have been a pretty pretty cool experience. Talk about that. Yeah, that that tournament was a lot of fun. Um, we were in Ufa, Russia, which is not exactly um, the nicest place in the world. But we you guys weren't there. playing wiffle ball in the parking lot like Mott? <laughs> no, we weren't allowed to go outside. Ten <laughs> feet of snow on the ground. Buses are getting shot at. No, but it was fun. It was like we weren't really expected to win. Canada was expected to beat us. We were kind of like two or three seed going into it, and. Um, we ended up losing to Canada in the round robin and then making it to the uh, quarterfinals. Beat, um, and then we beat Canada in the quarter, quarterfinals, actually. It was Jake McCabe was our captain. He scored two goals in that uh, quarterfinal game against Canada, and uh, we beat them 4-2. to two. And then we ended up playing Sweden in the finals, and, and we beat them, too. It was kind of just like we we had no – nothing to lose we like we didn't we weren't expected to win so we kind of just went out and said screw it we're gonna play our play our asses off and um we ended up winning that that tournament to win that tournament um was like it's so much fun like you you, you keep in touch with those guys forever Mots, you guys didn't have as good of a showing when you played right no, we we played we played Canada, but they had like half their team because all those guys at that point were in the NHL and they didn't allow them to come. So it was it's, we still beat them, but it was like a uh, you know five six matchup or something like that. But it, you know, either way, it's an unbelievable experience. Yeah, we had a, a, a decent team, but you know they've done a good job at really kind of you know putting the best players there to represent the country and also just like the um 
exposure of that tournament. It's so great, even though it was in Russia, it's on TV and stuff like that. But for us, it was, you know, VHS, maybe, you know, like it, it was <laughs> yeah, maybe, cable wasn't even around at no, that time. Yeah. So like, it's really cool. Now it's like an awesome tournament. <laughs> it to definitely wasn't with. an NHL network. Yeah. No. Now it's great. Now I still, no, now it's great. On Christmas time, you get to throw it on. It's so exciting to watch those kids. They're all so talented. So who else was on that team that that you guys uh, went when you guys won? Um, they had a wagon. Yeah, Gibson was our goalie. We had uh, Truba. Grizzlick, Truba was a Truba, Seeloff, yeah. Jones, um, JT Miller, Johnny Hockey, Ryan Hartman, right. Jimmy um, VZ, Jimmy VZ, Rock Gothisville. Gothisville. Spear. Um, that sounds like an NHL all-star team. Yeah, it was a good team. We had a really good team. Speaking of NHL's uh, all-star teams, you were fortunate enough in 2016 to be picked for that World Cup of Hockey, which was what I thought was an awesome, uh, really cool event. And you were on uh, Team North America, a.k.a. the Young Guns. And uh, you want to look up a roster of, like, current NHL absolute stallions? Look at that roster. Uh, it was that, that was a fun tournament. Talk to us about that and being those young guys. And, and that must have been a blast. Yeah, I'd say that that was the most fun I'd had playing hockey in my career. That was such a blast to go over there to to play with those guys and just sit on the bench watching some of those guys skate around. Like it was, it was just so much fun to watch. We had an absolute blast in Toronto. We were there for thirty days. Um, I got to know all those guys really well. We went out constantly and. and then the next day, Johnny Hockey, Connor McDavid, and Nate McKinnon would show up and skate circles around everybody else. And it was, I mean, it was so much fun. Yeah, that's a, uh, Mott, if you look at that roster, it's uh, it's unbelievable. I re- yeah, I remember that. I think if they were to hold it again, some of those guys were, were still eligible for the Young Guns team. It was like, what was it, under 24 or something yeah. like that? Or? Yeah, Matthews under t- and uh, McDavid, 23. Yep. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But like, <laughs> that the, they had, you know, you guys in. Did you lose in the? Was it the finals? No, we didn't even get to go to like the the semifinals because we. Yeah, so something in our happened. Round robin, we lost to we lost to Russia, and in order to make it, we had to beat Sweden in regulation. We ended up beating them in in overtime, so it we didn't make it past them, but. But you guys that were the most exciting. Sweden was like the most yeah. exciting hockey. Of yes, all time. yes, yeah. That was uh, that was great. That was great format. And I remember back way back in the day, it was like ninety, whatever, ninety six, I think, when they yeah. kind of did it. You know, and, and Monty scored. But um, it's yeah, a great concept. Ninety six. Prior to the season, you know, and everyone wasn't sure if you know you would get everyone's best effort but it it proved awesome so i'm glad that uh yeah you guys enjoyed it too yeah i hope they do it again that's a lot of fun to watch yeah it was awesome that was awesome um so Vinny, talk to us you, you know you you finally uh you know after that short stint would say uh down in san antonio you you get a crack at um 
you know, an NHL roster, you start playing down there. Uh, talk to us about making it to the NHL and your first experiences, you know, scoring a goal, getting an assist. I think your first goal might have been against Jersey. Mott's Pro was probably on the ice. <laughs> yeah, it just so happened to be an empty netter, so. Hey, they, they don't ask how. Yeah, no pictures. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so funny. I remember, I remember like getting the puck. I don't even know what the hell I was doing on the ice in the last minute of a game, my fourth or fifth NHL game. But I was out there, and and I remember uh, Yager was on the other team, and it was like so surreal for me playing against Yogs. And then I get the puck with an empty net, and I'm like, oh no, I can't let this be my first goal. I should just dump <laughs> it in, but I had a breakaway, so I'm like, so I just threw it in, but. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty surreal. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter, you know, empty net goal, first goal, no one can ever take it away from you. And at least you didn't pull a uh, what's that, Patrick Stefan, and you know, sh- <laughs> mishandle the puck, they go down and, and tie it hands. up, <laughs> get a delay of the game. Yeah, uh, no, that's great. Yeah, you know, just the the first few, you know, you kind of feel any way into it, but you know, as far as you know, like I said about San Antonio, you, you did the same thing at the NHL level. You you got your feet wet, got your confidence, and started, you know, with a, a level of, you know, comfort, and then you start playing to your skill set. And, and that was really what was impressive to see down in Florida. You start putting up the points and being a real factor down there. And um, what do you think played into that? Was it like the ice time, or was it just kind of like uh, internal confidence um, and just believing in yourself? I think a little bit of both. I was pretty confident. Um I started off pretty well in San Antonio, and um, when I first got to Florida, uh, Pete Horacek, who was the coach for us in, in San Antonio, he was now the coach in Florida after um, Deneen, Kevin Deneen had gotten fired, and he had confidence in me, so even at the at the NHL level, he was using me a lot, and um, his confidence in me kind of gave me a little bit more confidence to, to do my thing and play the game the way I like to play it, and uh, it kind of just took off from there. All right, Vinny, hold that thought. I want to talk to you guys about TSR Hockey's tent sale. TSR Hockey's 13th annual tent sale kicks off July 26th and lasts until the 31st. Get geared up for next season with sales on sticks, skates, lacrosse, and apparel, uh, all under the tent and in the lower-level discount room. Join the fun and games, prizes, and special guests all week long. The rink shrinks might even be there, Mots. we we got to take a ride up there. Located at 5 Kelly Road in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire. For more information, visit tsrhockey.com. Map pricing applies. Mots, what do you think about TSR Hockey's tent sale? Have you been up there with the kids? I have. Yeah, they have a great selection and there's some great deals up there. That tax-free uh, New, New Hampshire helps out too, so... We went up and we grabbed uh, actually some lacrosse stuff and um, some baseball stuff. Had uh, my daughter bring uh, get uh, a pair of skates there as well. So it was really, uh, really a, a great deal. So make sure you check out that the tent sale going from July 26th to the 31st. Yeah, thanks once again for TSI Hockey for uh, their support, and we look forward to seeing you guys up at the tent sale. This show is also brought to you by Cross Country Mortgage. If you own a home, you haven't and you haven't looked into refinancing in a while. Have a quick chat with our friend Chris Devon to see if it makes sense for you. Many people don't understand the impact that the refinance can have on their monthly savings or overall wealth. Devo may 
may be able to help you save on a monthly basis so you can put more money into savings or other projects. Check him out at chrisdevin.com. Again, go to chrisdevin.com, and he and the team at Cross Country can let you know if they can save you some money. Cross Country Mortgage, LLC, NMLS, number 47305. I would like to uh, chat with him. I'm going to be redoing my garage. So, oh boy, having having a little uh, man town slash kid room out there, and maybe I could uh, do a little refi and and uh, get some money out of that, and maybe throw some taps back there so we can uh, have a good time when we're down visiting. Absolutely, we can record out of that. Get some of the boys back down here, and you know, have a time. Yeah, it'd be awesome. No, Devo and the the crew at uh, Cross Country, the, the they're great. Obviously, you hear them advertised all the time on Chicklets, and uh, they uh, they know how to save you some dough. So, hey, who doesn't want to save a couple beanos, right? That's right. Check them out at chrisdevin.com. As far as moving along the the trade, did that take you by surprise? Yeah, a little bit. Um, whenever you're with a team for seven years, you kind of start to think that that's the team that you're going to be with your whole career. And that's how I felt going in and, and playing for Florida. I thought that, that was going to be there. I thought I was a core guy that would be there pretty much my whole career. And um, it's things started to go a little bit south. Uh, my last year there before I got traded before the deadline, me and uh, Joel didn't see eye to eye a little bit on certain things. And um, so it caught me by surprise, but at the same time it was, I could kind of see it coming, and and I think it was for the best for both both sides. I wanted to bring it back real quick to, um, you, I mean, you said it too. You were on the ice against Yago when you scored your first goal. But you know, growing up a Pittsburgh kid and then actually playing in Florida with Yago, what was that experience like? It was so crazy when he got <laughs> traded there. I was like, I mean, he was forty four years old at the time when he got traded to us, and I was twenty and. Um, like you said, I grew up in Pittsburgh. He actually lived right down the street from me in Pittsburgh. He still has his house here in Pittsburgh. But um, so he was an idol of mine. I grew up watching him, and he was. I'd watch highlight tapes of him before I would go out and play when I was seven, eight years old. Um, and then you get to play with him, and it's he's a forty-five-year-old man, and he acts like he's fifteen. So it was so funny <laughs> playing with him. He's like just a just a kid that that loves the game. So uh, he was a lot of fun. I think he he killed it his first year there he was playing with Barkov and Huberto he had like 70 points or something like that so um he was still teaching us a lot he, he did a lot of things the right way he worked really really hard off the ice and um he took a few of us under his wing and kind of showed us the ropes no that's great I was that was going to be my my next question were there any um you know specific guys that when you made the NHL obviously there was a you know a, a mix of young guys and uh, and then also veterans like they're on any team that kind of took you under their wing and, uh, and, and and taught you how to be a pro. And it wasn't all about, you know, playing wiffle ball and being hung over for games like Mott's did. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, I mean, Mott's and, Mott's and uh, Joey Crabb in San Antonio were two guys that like kind of right away. You're intimidated. You, I mean, guys are older than you and um, – you're not really sure how to act. You don't want to really talk too much or say the wrong thing as a young kid. And, and those guys just kind of, they made it so easy to just come in and, and, and they wanted to be your buddy and um, didn't really look at me as, as a rookie or a young kid. Um, so that helped my transition quite a bit. And, and like he said, we kind of formed that, that little support group and uh, we had a great time and, 
and at the same time both of those guys were extremely professional uh, when it came to playing the game and uh that was Mott's Mott's last year and you could just see how much he loved the game his last year realizing that he might not play past that year and uh there was a lot of things that I learned from those guys and then once I got to the uh to the NHL there's a few guys in Florida uh Ed Jovanovski was our captain at the time and he was a guy that I mean played for such a long time and um, phenomenal guy in the locker room, great hockey player, played through so many different injuries. I mean, he had a hip replacement and then came back the year later, a year later and played in the NHL again. It's just so many things that you don't see growing up that you, you get to that level. And it's just, it's, it's the, the elite level. It's just, a, I mean, guys are that much better. They're, they're playing through that many more injuries. They're working that much harder. And that's kind of what, you wake up whenever you realize all that. No, that's great. Joey Crab was my age. I used to play against him at all the festivals and tournaments. He was from Alaska. Yeah, and, awesome, uh, awesome guy. Yeah, played at Colorado yeah. College and was uh, you know, had a had a obviously long AHL and played a uh, you know over a hundred NHL games too. But he was always one of those guys that. When I was younger, playing in, like I said, the festivals and stuff, I forget what that team would be called from guys from Alaska, but you would uh, play them, always had battles. He was a big boy and strong, tough on the puck, and, you know, he was a great player. World-class human being. <laughs> yeah, he's unbelievable. <laughs> he's got that kind of silly look about him, too. He yeah. does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he, he, he definitely, does. you look at him like, this kid kind of looks like, you know, he, he, he definitely could be a character. <laughs> yeah, he embraces it. Uh, Moss and Joey Crab showed up to Halloween one year. Do you remember the Halloween costume you guys wore that one year? The Vamoose? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, like that was so fun. We we had this this drinking game. You had to drink with your left hand. You couldn't drink with your right. If somebody caught you drinking with your right, they called out Vamoose. And you had to finish your beer. <laughs> and so for Halloween, they show up. One of them has VA on their chest and they're wearing moose antlers. The other one has FA <laughs> with moose antlers. Oh, that's so good. The <laughs> <laughs> moose fa. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I remember going in, we went, we had to search far and wide for some, you know, some of the, uh, you know, the extras for that costume. So it came together nicely. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I, I also remember there was a time because I was there for a little. No, that was the year um, listening to the 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 it was the Halloween party, I believe. Um, when we were on the bus and it broke down. Were you on the bus when it broke down? Oh yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, so I that was, we're, that was your welcome to the miners moment. Yeah, <laughs> we're just like on a school bus or something, and. Uh, I ended up, um, you know, everyone's dancing and, pl- you know, uh, whatever. We had a little fun doing it. And uh, and then I was following the, the Sox World Series game um, on my phone. And I, and I just pulled the plug on the music and I put on the uh, the audio for the, the final out. <laughs> and I'm like, and all the girls were on the bus too, you know, like the, the wives and the girlfriends. I'm like, hey, listen, this is the first time the Sox are winning the World Series at home. This is a big moment, you know. So, plug it in. You know, they Ojihara or whatever. He strikes out, uh, strikes him out at the end, and I'm all fired up, you know. But we're it's a 
downpour of uh, you know the rain was stuck in uh, the the country bar parking lot. We couldn't go anywhere, but the Sox had won the World Series, so we we're, we're we're still all right. So me and was, me and Big Bud were at that game. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. Keith called and was like, I think dad should see the Sox win the World Series at home. Obviously, I can't be there, so I guess you can go with them. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll take those scraps. Oh, yeah. Coming yeah. out of the I'll, be, I'll, be, the, I'll be the plus one in that. Let me see if I can war- borrow Mott's uh, warm-up jacket that he wears shoveling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we had some good times there, Troach, and the uh, Joey Crab. Yep. uh you know, it was it was always great. We we spent a lot of time together uh, on the road with San Antonio too. So it was always good to have a good group to to bond with when you're on the road. And um, but I remember it, when Keith was there, wasn't there like a, a didn't you go on the road there because of like a rodeo or something for like two months or some some absurd oh yeah. trip, right? All of February. Yeah, that's what it was. Something I remember. It was a 28 day road trip. <laughs> That's yeah, insane. they did the rodeo at the at the rink in San Antonio, so that you couldn't we couldn't play games there. And then you'd get back from the rodeo, and there'd be holes in the ice the rest of the season. So it was a yeah. blast. Probably smelled great too. Yeah, yeah. yeah a couple of guys just packing toothbrushes, you know, for twenty eight day road trip. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's that's one you gotta just you just gotta turn the undies inside out, right? Like, how do you get yeah. your laundry done? <laughs> You don't. Oh, you, maybe you throw it in your yeah. gitch bag to, to sneak one oh, in there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's unbelievable. A month on the road. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, I was just looking uh, <clears throat> as far as there was an article that came out a few days ago about who won the, the trade between Carolina and Florida. And um, do you remember who you were traded for? Yeah. Um, Hall Eric Halla, yeah. Chase Prisky, Luke Walmark. And uh, Lusterinen. Yeah. So, you know. I wonder what that article said. Yeah. So that as far as uh, Troach, so Troach just is the only asset that went the other way. And, um, you know, the Hurricanes made out as a steal on that because two of the, the bigger guys, the middle six guys didn't pan out. They didn't resign. And um, Troach is still clipping away here and at a great pace with Carolina. I, I just wanted to ask you about um, – Rod Brindamore and the culture that he's created there. It's incredible. Like, I, I can't say enough good things about Rod as a coach. And um, you get in there, and, and he's extremely intense. So, first few games, you're a little bit intimidated by him. He comes into the locker room with these unbelievable pregame speeches, all 82 games of the season, and, and something different every single time. And you can just tell he, like, he wants to get out on the ice and, and run through a couple guys. Um and he's just uh he's just a very good person like he'll talk to you around the rink and he's easy to talk to if, if you ever have an issue and you go to him and he'll he'll actually listen to it and if he agrees with it he'll he'll go with it if not then he'll just tell you flat out i don't agree with you and um the culture in carolina has really turned around in the last five years it, it went from a team that was kind of a joke to go play against to, he got in there and um now we're a legit threat to to make a push in the playoffs, teams come in and, and we're a hard team to play against. And, and it's because he gets that out of us. He, like, everybody wants to play hard for him. We want to play the style of hockey that he played and he wants us to play. And um, it's a lot of fun to play for that. I take it as it was no surprise that he, you know, when his contract negotiations were coming up, it was like, yeah, once you, you know, re-sign all of my coaches and all my assistants, I mean, that takes – 
it's it takes a lot for somebody to do that, right? To go out on a line, but that's just the type of leader that you can tell that he is. Yeah, he was. T- he wanted everybody from medical staff to uh, strength coach to assistant coaches taken care of before he would sign a deal, which is like I, like you said, just speaks to who he is as a person. Yeah, I, I remember seeing him. I was at the All Star game. Um, you know, I, he wasn't even coaching yet. It was in Carolina and just seeing like the size of him, uh, I walked by him in a hallway and obviously he's such a recognizable uh, snout hammer on him like myself. But, you, you know, and then you just see the the, the, the build of him and, and the way he looks and his intensity and he's just got that stoic presence about him. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy, even still. You know, and he had probably only been retired for a couple of years at the time, but he was, you know, he was probably just getting involved in the organization. But he he still looks like he could go out and play, and I know he still looks like that probably ten years later. Oh my God, I, there is zero doubt in my mind that he is more in shape than anybody in the NHL. <laughs> I mean, his workout regimen is just insane. I, I don't think he could stop if he wanted to. Yeah, I remember seeing a picture of him when he was at Michigan State. He went like hard to the net or something. There was like three guys on the ice, and he had his hand, his stick in the <laughs> air, just standing over everyone. You know, going hard to the cage and you know, rod the bod. And that the legend began back then. Mott, did you ever yeah. play against him? I did uh, a couple times. I, I mean, I don't recall any real interactions but i when i was probably called up earlier in my uh mm-hmm. career yeah but uh, always admired his uh his game as a fan um you know just doing the little things right and i'm sure that's the way he uh he coaches he, he digs into the details and uh makes sure that guys are held accountable and you guys hold each other accountable within the room uh and you know it shows on the ice when i watch you guys and you look like you're having fun. You're playing fast. You're playing loose, and um, you know you're playing hard. And that's really the biggest thing. If if a coach kind of you know implements a system and makes you have to overthink it, then you're you're gonna overthink it and play tight. But it seems that you guys play loose 100 uh, percent of the time. Yeah, it's just like you said. He, he keeps it extremely simple. He focuses on the, the very small details, and and if you focus on those, and if you do small things the right way. The rest of it, how you play, like offensively, he wants you to be creative. Uh, you get inside the top of the circles, you have free reign to do whatever you want from line one to line four. Um, but as long as you're doing the right things, he, he's not going to be upset. As long as you're working hard, he's not going to be upset. He says it after every loss. He comes in, he's like, you can, you can go out there and, and work your bag off. And if you lose, you can go home, look yourself in the mirror, and, and, and know you did your best. Sometimes the team's just going to be better than you. And, uh the times he has an issue is whenever you go out and you don't play your game and then you lose because of that. That's, that's a problem. Yeah. I think that's a great message even for, you know, we have a lot of coaches that listen to this and, and, you know, even coaching youth teams, right. And a lot of guys get upset and, you know, rattled when their team doesn't win and things like that. But if your your team's putting forth an effort and they have, you know, high compete level and things like that, even at the NHL level, the coaches are, are satisfied. So I think that's a, a, a great message. One thing I wanted to ask about was the uh, that storm surge that you guys do down in, in Carolina. You talk about that that culture change and, and you know, kind of since Rod's been there. But, uh, you know, what's that like for you guys as players and how it's kind of taken on a life of its own? Yeah, I mean, when I first got traded there, I was like, you know, you see it on TV and it's, you're like, oh, no, I got to be a part of this now. And I <laughs> slap my hands in the middle of the ice. And, but it's fun. I mean, it's it's all – it's just the fans enjoy it. So I, 
why not do it? They're all staying. We'd have sold out crowd every single one one of the people was staying for after the game for us to just stand in a circle and clap our hands. So uh, if it gets them excited, and then then we're going to keep doing it. And, and it's been bringing fans into the stadium, and those fans get as loud as any building in the rink. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. We played uh, uh, Carolina in round one in the playoffs when I was in New Jersey, and coming out of the rank and driving back to the hotel on the bus after pregame skate, they'd be you know, tailgating and throwing stuff at the bus and – Couple, uh, couple girls flashing us, which you know wasn't terrible, but <laughs> but, but it was, uh, yeah. Th- those those uh, fans really uh, make that building tough to play in, and as a home, uh, you know, home ice advantage, I'm sure it's great to have them going. So, anything you do to keep them going with the storm surge, that's you know, that's a small little token of appreciation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they made it a lot easier on us in the playoffs. Playing at home was was a whole different story than playing on the road. Now you have uh, some really good young talent there. Um, I love the mighty Nacious, uh, Sveshnikov, Aho, yourself. You have a great nu- nucleus of players that you can uh, can can build around. You have a good back end. Um, I think the future is bright for you guys. What 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 are some of those guys like to play with? Um, and do you guys push each other? You know, whether it be in practice or do you guys collaborate on on kind of figuring things out you know, internally, or is it all coming from the coach? Yeah, we, we do. I think he kind of set the president, Roddy did, and um, he told us what he wanted out of us. But from a hockey standpoint, we really do take – we take it into our own hands and we hold each other accountable. We talk about um, strategies in the, in the room. We have good leadership. I mean, Jordan Stahl has been a great captain. Uh, he makes sure that we're all doing what we need to do to get the best out of each other every night. But our young guys are, are pretty special. Um, Sveshnikov, Aho, Nietzsche, they all have extreme talent, like out of this world talent and abilities. But all three of them, it's it's the work ethic that they bring to the, to the rink every single day and how competitive they are, even just in practice, that, that really sets them apart from other young guys. Yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's a good message. You know, to, to have some of your best talent, uh, be the, some of the hardest workers, most competitive guys. That's something that, you know, it's a good message for the, the kids to hear, you know, that they see a lot of the kids are trying to do the, uh, the Sveshnikov lacrosse move all the time now. So, yeah. Uh, but just to know that he works hard at, 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 you know, the simple parts of the game, the details of the game and, and just overall the work ethic is very important for, for kids to hear and, um, you know, try to apply to their own games. Right. Uh, Vinny, you want to talk about, I know you, you know, you have your website, um, vincentrocheck.com. You get some pretty cool merchandise available. I know you do some stuff with, uh, you get some DJ mixes and things like that going, but you want to give that a, a, a shout out for our young fans. Some mixtapes. <laughs> yeah, I did. So during quarantine, I was putting together a couple of mixes just cause I was bored. And, uh, I was doing a little bit of DJing like I do in the room and, uh, the, the clothing we started this, I mean, somebody made a logo for me. I started putting it on t-shirts and, uh, it's Vincent There's some shirts in there with a VT logo and, uh, just some cool little designs that, that somebody put together for me and, uh, we ran with it. Nice. Uh, great stuff. There's some cool, cool, uh, cool merchandise, um, on sale there so make sure you guys check it out uh obviously your uh instagram is uh is public right yep 
So it's trochick underscore 21. So make sure uh, everybody gives him a follow and, and you can find that, that stuff there. But Vinny, we, uh, we can't thank you, you know, can't thank you enough for, uh, for coming on. This has been great. Uh, we really, you know, like Mott said before, we love watching you. We love the energy and passion that you play with on a nightly basis. And, uh, we wish you the best of luck. Obviously enjoy the off season, enjoy your family and, and, uh, Thanks for uh, being part of the show. This is a this has been great. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you guys for having me. It was uh, I was happy to come on and, and talk to you guys and, and hopefully get a message across to these kids and uh, miss both of you guys. You guys are great. So thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, thanks, Trocha. Like I said earlier, it's been a pleasure to watch you grow and develop as a player, and you know, it's always special to to root for someone that you know personally too. So keep up the great work. We'll be rooting for you, and thanks for coming on, pal. Yep. Thanks, Mark. All right, guys, that was a great interview with Vinny Trocek. We thank you guys for listening. Uh, before we go, I want to talk to you guys about Torch Pro. When you were growing up, and as I know I was, um, we had no access to, to you know videos and things like that. And I know we talked about it a little bit earlier in the episode, but you know that was something that we could have really enjoyed and benefited from, right? Like watching these guys train, watching these guys compete. I know I talked about it a little bit earlier. And, you know, I think for the kids, it's very, very important to be able to see what these guys are doing on and off the ice, what they're eating, what they're, you know, how their diet is, what they're doing uh, in terms of off ice training and things like that. But the people at torchpro.com, they are, uh, they give us a, a, a great look at what those guys are doing. Um, make sure you guys log on to torchpro.com. You can sign up for free. Uh, it takes only 30 seconds, and you can start accessing behind-the-scenes content from players like Charlie McAvoy, Joe Pavelski, Megan Keller, Ry- Riley Sheehan, and more. Um, Mott, I know I would have benefited a lot from uh, content like that, and we are excited about this partner. And uh, Torch Pro, you know, it, it's been great. I know, you know, one of their founding members and one of their owners, Joe Pavelski, he was playing in the uh, – the the pro-am last week it was great to see him so uh it's pretty pretty cool stuff that they got going there and you also have the uh the morning blitz which is very cool you get you know that daily email and uh gives you the the recap of what went on in the sports world so we've really enjoyed that partnership and we appreciate their support yeah so thanks for tuning in uh i hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next time all right dave cue the ring shrink shuffle